Hello, hello, and welcome to the Big Slate Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. This is Christmas week. If you celebrate Christmas, then you're celebrating this weekend. So this is the Christmas episode. Christmas special. If you don't celebrate Christmas, you don't care about Christmas, if you're like me and you hate Christmas, yeah, whatever. Have a good time doing whatever you do anyway. It's all good. You probably are like me and have to celebrate anyway because you just, you gotta do what you gotta do. But anyway, given that this is one of the last episodes of the year, not the last episode, I figured it was a good time to just go wild and give you one hell of a smorgasbord of new-ish video games. Some are new, new, some are newish, and some are new to certain platforms, but kind of old. Old as in still this year, I think. But we are going to talk about, on this here episode, Happy's Humble Burger Farm, Serious Sam 4, Okinawa Rush, Tunnel of Doom, Asteroids Recharge, Aspire, Ina's Tale, Mr. Prepper, Witchwood, Collapsed, Evil Genius 2, World Domination, Oddworld, Soulstorm, The Legend of Tending, Before We Leave, and Horatio Goes Snowboarding. That's right. That whole mouthful. All that shit. Not all of that shit. Some of them are pretty good games. Some of them are kind of shitty. Yes? Is there is there something in here that's actually shitty? I don't think so. Uh, no. Nothing I would say is shitty. Some not great things. But shitty? I don't think so. And we're going to start with Happy's Humble Burger Farm, which is... Oh, oh my God. It is by far the weirdest game in this list. And it's hard to describe. To go too in-depth on what actually happens would be to spoil the experience. Just know that it is... I guess technically a horror game? If it's not a horror horror game, it's horror adjacent. It's weird. I don't know what it's trying to say. If it's being like, hey, look how horrible working at a fast food restaurant is. But it's got polygonal PlayStation 1-esque graphics, visuals, all in first person. And a lot of weird stuff happens. It's very weird. It's trippy. The audio, the visuals, everything about it. It's just a very weird experience that I had to give up on once it did dive into, delve into the more horror side of things with a monster type thing showing up and, you know, chasing you and it stops moving when you look at it. It's just like, it's a weird game. If you like stuff like Five Nights, said Freddy's for days if you like stuff like that or the more indie horror side of things and you like weird shit it's worth checking out it's hard to really recommend because I don't want to spoil the experience because while I can't say I enjoyed my time with the game exactly it was and is one of the most unique games I've played 
all year. It's definitely one of the more out there games. It's it's one of the 2021 games I will definitely remember over the hundred or so I played from this year. I don't know. I you know I've dabbled in many games this year. Don't remember a lot of them. I will never forget the time I spent in Happy's Humble Burger Farm. Even though it wasn't to completion or anything. Like the time I spent in that game, unforgettable. So that's some kind of endorsement, right? But yeah, that's Happy's Humble Burger Farm. I think it's available on everything. I have it on Xbox. I've played it on Xbox. Got a code for it on Xbox. Yeah, it's just it's a weird, weird little experience. Then Serious Sam 4 is the latest Serious Sam game. And I don't know if these games have always had voice acting and that stuff, but the voice acting, the performances, all of that in this, the writing is horrible. It makes Duke Nukem and the like and Bulletstorm, to, to use a more recent example, seem like high-level writing, high-art writing, writing worthy of awards uh, in comparison. It, it's just terrible. The acting is terrible. It's just... That, that that part of it is garbage. And then gameplay wise, it's it's okay. It is still very much so though a game that should be played. Because uh, I played it on Xbox. It is still a mouse and keyboard type game with how fast it all is and everything. I do really like my favorite part of the time I spent with it is uh it has a Christmas theme going on that you can toggle off, I believe, if you don't want that. But it currently has a Christmas theme that you can play through the game with, or at least early bits of it. And when you get into combat sections, it gets into this metal version of a Christmas song. I can't remember exactly which Christmas song it was again, but that was my favorite part. I loved getting into combat because then this metal version of a Christmas song would come in and it felt cool. That felt cool. But the combat itself is just kind of like... I don't know. It it really hasn't tried to update itself or change the way it works, whereas something like Doom has done this and that to both still feel like you remember the original games being, but updating it to feel modern at the same time, and, and you don't really get that with Series Sam 4. What I do like, though, is that there are some very generous I guess you'd, you'd call them accessibility options but just difficulty toggling stuff so that you can make it an incredibly easy experience there's an option to turn on an auto aim that with my testing out because I wanted to try it out on the tourist mode which is the easy mode the baby mode and put on whatever it says I could which includes auto aim to see if it's something that my dad could handle because it is such a fast game. Could he handle it if I put on baby mode and put on whatever assists are available? And the way it felt, whether or not this is the case, I mean, it has to be the case because I was just doing this. I was just firing blindly in an enemy's general direction. I wasn't aiming at them really. And as long as I was shooting within like 10 feet, of any enemy, I would eventually kill them. So it seems like if 
you <laughs> it's weird because I'm like, well, that would be great for kids, but you don't want your kids playing serious, Sam. So if you're like me and you have a father who is about to turn 75, who likes gaming and likes shooters, but still struggles with it and, and needs, you know, something that's relatively easy or on the easier side. And Serious Sam seems like something they might like. Know that there are options there to make it an incredibly easy and accessible experience for them. And I appreciate that. I like that. Especially in a game like this where it's just like stupid, dumb, whatever. So that that's nice. But yeah, the, the regular game though is just kind of like, eh, whatever. Okinawa Rush is an action platformer that I bounce off of very quickly. I was excited to give this a go, but I found the gameplay to be very lacking. I did not like the feel of any aspect of it. The combat, the jumping, they have a weird, I think it was just with every jump where you hit the ground, it just sort of like automatically adjusts the plane that you land on to be at like a certain point on the screen. It is slightly disorientating. Like it wasn't giving me any kind of motion sickness or anything, but it was very weird to constantly see that. And it just, it didn't feel good. Like it's just no part of the gameplay felt good. I did not enjoy playing it. So I did not stick with it that long because it just at no point was there any fun. The combat, I didn't like the jumping, the, you know, platforming. It just eh, doesn't look that bad, but when it isn't fun to play, you know, that's, that's a problem. Like the combat would just mashy and maybe looked cool at times, but it wasn't fun to actually throw a punch or a kick or whatever. So yeah, not really fond of that one. Tunnel of Doom is a game where you play as a young lady who goes into a mine that's, I think had whatever issue people are stuck in the mine and it plays out a lot like the dungeon crawling side of moonlighter with tower defense aspects in it and when i say it plays out like the moonlighter dungeon crawling bits i had to google who made the game and it's apparently i guess mainly or mostly made by one person and then I had to look up LinkedIn and just try to find what else they've worked on at the regular studio they work at. Because I believe it even said in their Twitter profile that they're an indie studio developer by day, individual developer by night or something along those lines. But I had to Google all this because the game is not like kind of inspired by Moonlight. It looks like it's fucking just... It looks like it could be a Moonlighter DLC thing or some weird offshoot. Like, it just looks way too much like Moonlighter. And it has nothing to do with that. Like, it's just weird. It's weird how much it looks and feels like Moonlighter. Except it's not as tight. Like, it's not a bad controlling game or anything like that. But when it's constantly reminding me of this other game to a shocking degree, and it's not as good in pretty much every way, that's not a good thing. And then the tower defense things like you're, 
you have your few little resources. You can move some stuff that's already in the environment, and then you have things that you can place, and then you have waves of enemies that come, and you can attack them yourself. The shooting doesn't feel like great. Combat yourself doesn't feel like great. It's just like, I like the idea, but in execution, it could use a bit more polish. Could use a little bit more time in the oven, I think. And the the, the Moonlighter stuff just really, it was distracting. Very distracting for me. Very, very distracting. Then Asteroids Recharged is like the other recent Recharged games that take a classic arcade game and spice it up with new, fancy, neonishy visuals and all that jazz. And it's fine. I really, really like Asteroids. It's one of my favorite classic arcade games. So it's already got that going for it. But like the other games, there's not a lot to it. You have the basic arcade mode, and then you have the challenge mode, which, or whatever it's called, where you have something like kill this many small asteroids as fast as you can, and so on and so forth. And I think those little bite-sized things are where the game shines, just because the regular mode is just the same thing, but like, you know, it just is what it is. Like, uh, One of my problems with these games is just the fact that to my knowledge, I don't think any of them have also had the original version of the games. And I wish they just had that as well. I just want to play the original versions. That's what I'm saying. I love Asteroids, the fucking basic-ass black and white original version. The new one's nice, I guess. It's fine to look at. But I just like the old shit. Give me the old shit. I don't know. If, I don't think the old shit's on Xbox. I think the only classic arcade... I guess it's not a Namco game. I don't know. Asteroids is not Namco. But um, I think that's the only like classic arcade collection that exists. I guess there's the Atari thing too. So I don't know. But I know they had the, the, the Miss Pac-Man, Dig Dug, I think Galaga, and one other classic arcade game that came out on Xbox One. Anywho, Asteroids Recharge. If you like Asteroids... Sure, check it out. It's, you know, it's asteroids. It's it's a good time. But just just know that it's just asteroids. You have your your arcade mode. That's just a arcade mode, and well, the challenges and whatever. Aspire Ina's Tale is a puzzle platformer with very very nice art, but boring gameplay. It feels fine jumping around and all that. You play as this girl. I'm I'm guessing it's Ina because it's her tale. And she is like the the keeper of this whatever. And she wakes up and she's trying to leave this tower and get back home to her father, I believe. And the real problem with the game is that I played it for like an hour. And even just trying to think back, I, I like you talk to some people and it can be talky at times. Some dudes in some prison. And you're, you're jumping around. You're avoiding these monsters that are chasing at you. They can't get close to this certain light source. So you use that in certain puzzles. And it was very, very pretty to look at. I liked the visuals a lot. But the gameplay was just pretty boring. It wasn't super engaging. It didn't get its hooks into me. And it didn't give me much reason or a drive to keep playing. Not a bad game, just a fine, okay game. But when you have so much on your plate, like I do, 
a game really needs to do something special to get its hooks into you. It, it needs to do something to make it stand out. And visuals are great. Visuals are nice, but visuals are not the way you stand out for me. It's just something that I'm like, ooh, that's nice. But gameplay is king. Gameplay is what will get me to stick with the game. And that, that that's what's lacking in Aspire Enos Tale. It's fine mechanically, but content-wise, just kind of boring. Mr. Prepper is a sim, I guess? A shelter-building sim. You live in like a dystopian world or whatever where the government's taken over and they come and check on you because you, you try to escape or whatever. Like you, you can't leave this area. People can't leave this area. You need to be under direct control of the government and you try to do whatever. So now you have investigators who come and check on you all the time to make sure you're not breaking the law. And what you're doing is surviving. So you're, you're worried about food, sleep and that kind of stuff while then building this huge shelter underneath your house and hiding it from the authorities whenever they come to check on your place and make sure you're not doing any nefarious things. And it works sort of like a Fallout Shelter type of game. And it's it's solid. I, the, the biggest problem with the game really is that it's a little bit finicky with the controller. Navigating the space and doing everything and, and, and navigating the menus and whatnot. But I had an all right time with it. You're Mr. Prepper. Mr. Prepper. Doodle-doo. And you got your little house. You go to different parts. Like you'll, you'll go to a forest to collect resources. You have your little crafting table. And yeah. I don't know. It, it was okay. It, it, it didn't have enough personality, I don't think. I think it tried being a little bit funny and cheeky but um it's it's something i might go back to and check out some more ah, that one seemed okay Witchwood though Witchwood, holy crap i i really like this game easily 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 yeah easily and still easily there's one other game on this list that i, I really really liked but Witchwood one unbelievably gorgeous easily Easily. Aspire Ina's Tale. Good looking game. I like the art. Witchwood is fucking gorgeous. It is gorgeous. It is so fucking pretty. I could not, I could not look away from the screen. It was so fucking beautiful to look at. And it's a game where you play as a witch in the woods. That's a crafting adventure. That's what they call it. A crafting adventure set in the land of gothic fables and fairy tales. And you have your little hut with your stuff in there. And then you go out of it. You got your like farming area and whatnot. And then you eventually open up and are able to explore these dungeons and other areas. And you just basically, there's this goat dude who is like an actual person who just inhabited this goat. And he's like, pay me back. And he was a goat asshole, and he ate all the recipes in your book. And you're basically just going around, collecting resources, recovering your recipes, crafting stuff. It's just a super pleasant game. I really, really liked it. It's it's for the kind of people who enjoy resource gathering and collecting. 
and doing it in a, a world, a game that is less, it's not so overbearing and punishing, like something like a Don't Starve or stuff like that, which is nice. Like I think if you want, if you like resource gathering, crafting, and that kind of stuff, but you don't want to deal with hunger and energy and, and all that kind of stuff, definitely check out Witchwood. It is so fucking pretty. I can't get over how pretty. Like, it's so... You could take so many screenshots of it and just frame them and put them on the wall. Like, it's... I, I've only scratched the surface with it. it. It's something that I played for a few hours. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm going to just... I'm going to full-on play this thing and probably just stream the whole thing because it's just such a wonderful experience. So holding off on that, and I'm just going to... Give it a little time and make it uh, attack the backlog game. We're just going to make an excuse to make it attack the backlog game. It is just such a delightful, delightful little game. Then Collapsed is a rogue-like light. I The problem with Collapsed is that it's a thing where you, you start off in this little space. You can get upgrades, like you can add upgrades to your weapons and stuff like that. And you go into these procedurally randomly generated areas. And it's you're you pick one of like four classes and you have a melee attack and you can shoot. And the problem and why I could not stick with it is that you can't remap the controls, and I think the controls are poorly designed in terms of what input does what thing. Because you have like a dash, you have a jump, you're shooting, uh, it works like a twin stick type of shooter. It's all 2D, side scrolling. And I like, I like what's there. I just wish I could, I wish I could change the controls, because the way jumping works, I think it's on the A button, and your melee is on the right bumper, and then the left bumper, I think, is dash. I wish I could change it so that the left trigger was jump, and the right bumper was probably your dash, and X was your melee attack. And like, there's there's just so much I would love to be able to adjust and change with the controls, and the fact that you can't do it is really really frustrating. It it it, it bums me out because I like I feel I feel like the loop there is solid, and the gameplay is almost there. I like the gameplay. I just know that. With a few adjustments to the controls, I would like it a whole hell of a lot more because I was getting frustrated with the controls. I, I think it feels good. Like the jump feels good. The shooting feels good. The melee feels good. The dashing feels good. But the way it's mapped on the controller, I wish it was different because then I think the flow would be a lot better. I don't think the flow is as good as it could be. So that's a bummer. That's collapse. Evil Genius 2 World Domination is a evil organization sim builder. It's like a city builder, but it's more like theme hospital or those types of smaller scale ones. Or, you know, I guess Two Point Hospital, I think, is the, the more recent one. And the problem with Evil Genius 2 World Domination is that I really like all the aspects of building out your base and dealing with that because you'll also have agents who come in and try to whatever 
discover you, catch you, blah, blah, blah. And you can lay traps, hire muscle to fight them off and stuff like that. And you're also building labs and doing all this stuff and, and doing your research and just building out your, your evil organization. The problem is you need money. We all need money. The main way to get money is to go into the world map and do missions and go on schemes or whatever they're called. And dealing with the world map is incredibly frustrating. I hate any time I have to look at that world map. It's horrible to look at. It's annoying. I need to drink some water because, you know, there's a lot of talking. Oh my God. Oh, that was good. I still, I want to cough, but I don't want to, I don't want to have to edit anything out of this thing. But, um, yeah, it's a bummer that I like half the game, but the other half, I really, really don't enjoy. And, and it's a crucial part of the experience. You can't not engage with the world map because you're going to need to do it for getting this resource or whatever, but especially for money. It's the main way and money is important, which is why I saw in like, Another review, someone saying you just you should just play like the sandbox mode where the poorly written story and all that crap isn't in it either. Because there's a story, there's a bit of a narrative. It thinks, I, I guess it thinks it's funny, but it's the most basic ass generic shit that is never funny to me. I think the performances, the, the, the acting and all that is decent enough, but the writing is just like, okay, is this supposed to be funny? Uh, all right, if you say so. But I would definitely, if this type of game does seem initially, like the thing about it too is that the whole lab uh, home base thing, building out that, because I played on Xbox, it, it feels pretty good on control. Like there's still some cumbersome aspects about it, as there always will be when playing a game like this on controller. But overall, I think. It has translated everything better than a lot of games like it to a controller. So it, it feels good and it, uh, with a controller. I, I never really was bothered by the fact I was using a controller and not a keyboard. So it just makes it a bummer that there's this whole important part of it that kind of sucks. But like I, I was saying, one of the recommendations I saw that I think would make a lot of sense is just to play the the sandbox mode if you're interested in this game just do the sandbox mode turn on like infinite money and just have fun building out your base and doing all that stuff don't worry about the world crap don't worry about like just the main thing just do the sandbox thing and i think that'll be a much better experience i'm I, i'm gonna try that out myself after reading that i'm thinking like oh yeah that's probably that's a that's a good idea then uh Outworld Soulstorm is the most recent Outworld game, and it just came out on Xbox recently, I believe. And I got a code for Xbox. This is that that oldish game that's new to a platform that I was talking about. This is my first Outworld game. And I've been told I shouldn't judge the series off of this game. Because people who really like the series were disappointed by this game. And I hope that's true because I played it for a few hours, if that. You know, between an hour and two hours. And I thought mechanically it felt pretty good. I, I like the, the jumping and all that. I think it looks decent. I'm not really that invested in the story and it's annoying that you can't skip the cutscenes. 
it's it's just like why i understand you want me to engage with your story but if i'm not and maybe i would really like the gameplay or maybe if i really did enjoy the gameplay you're getting in the way of that so don't do that don't force someone to watch your story because not everyone gives a shit about stories and in like 99.9% of the cases, stories aren't so fucking good that you should force someone to watch it. Just saying. I mean, it starts off with like a cutscene that is a minute or two, maybe even longer than that. That's basically like, okay, this is created by this. And here's the, the audio head, the visual head, blah, 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 that you can't skip. It starts with some cutscene you can't skip before you even get into the main menu. I was like, what the fuck is this? Is it just jumping into the game? Is there no menu? And then it put me in the menu. I'm like, what? Why have this unskippable thing when I first launched the game? Horrible first impression. I hated that. Don't do that to me. I don't like it. And then I started again. It was like a five plus minute cutscene or something. And every time there was a cutscene, I'm just like, oh, God can't skip this and i really i didn't care about that but I, I thought just the fundamental controls were good but i don't really like stealth gameplay where being seen equals instant failure start restart at the the last checkpoint not really my type of game i'm not overly fond of stealth games in general i forgot that this was a stealth-ish game you know, not stealth, stealth, exactly, but um, my real problem with it is that the second I got to a very elaborate puzzle, which wasn't elaborate, really, but just it was a, a screen where I could, I would have to do a whole bunch of things, one after another, before hitting another checkpoint. And knowing that if I maybe screwed up or got caught or whatever, at the very last second, I would have to redo everything. It made me bounce immediately because I did not enjoy that side of the gameplay at all. I think mechanically it feels good, but the puzzle design, at least early on, wasn't creative. It just was like incredibly tedious. I just looked at the screen. I'm like, I know exactly what I have to do. It's not that interesting. It's not super creative it's not like an elaborate thing i don't have a lot of like it's just like one after another of this basic ass thing i have to do and it just looks tedious as fuck and i did not want to engage with it it did not give me a reason to want to continue with the game because the puzzles at least early on weren't really doing much for me so that was a bit of a bummer but i'm not i'm not giving up on the series just yet I might check out the original PlayStation 1, and also I, I'm interested in, even though it's not indicative of the series as a whole, Stranger's Wrath or whatever that first-person shooter thing was. The Legends of... Not Legends of... But The Legend of Tianding is an action platformer that's available on Switch and PC only right now, I believe. I really like this game a whole, whole bunch. The story don't care about the story. And there are a lot of questionable choices in terms of just UI design and the font choice across the board for the various aspects of the game. Like why is the character names or why are the character names in this not great font? And then 
they use a gradient to fill it. And then this other, like there are so many different fonts used and different sizes, just all over the place with that kind of crap. But thankfully, the game itself looks nice. It has a bit of a comic booky aesthetic. And it does have a bit of a comic booky thing, like with pages turning here and there when you transition between some screens and stuff. But the gameplay feels really, really good. And they dole out new actions that allow you to reach new areas, but also give you more versatility in combat. And it just feels really, really good. The basic combat, it's a 2D side-scrolling action platformer. And you are a Robin Hood type character, you know, stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, that kind of thing. And the combat is really satisfying. There's a nice impact to your hits on enemies. You can, when you beat someone enough and weaken them to a certain state, you can wrap them up with like your belt, ribbon, I don't know, whatever. And if they have a weapon, you take the weapon from them including the gun, which you fire. And that feel like the, the, the reason why the combat is as satisfying as it is, is because one, it feels good to just use the different attacks and commas and all that. But the impact of your hits on enemies, you see it, you feel it and you hear it. All of those aspects are there. That, that positive feedback reinforcement of, of your actions. The, the word I'm, I'm searching for, I can't remember, but like it just hits on all those points when you're hitting on all those foes and it just feels good. The jumping feels good. You got a nice little, you have a double jump, right? But you can dash in air and then there are these various attacks that can help you get higher and go further and reaching secret areas and, and, and levels and stuff like that. I just, I really, really liked it. I was super surprised, pleasantly surprised, because it starts off a little wonky with all of the weird font choices and a story dump that I'm like, eh, eh, I don't really know about all this. The voice acting, because it's uh, Chinese, I believe, and the the narrator or whatever was just sort of like, I don't know if it's because they were using a, a not great mic. Like, it just felt like they were screaming in my ear. And it made it hard to read the the subtitles because I'm just like, oh my God, please. What What is with this voice? Why are you screaming at me? But like I said, uh, when talking about Aspire and stuff, visuals may be nice. And the visuals are nice in, in Tian Ding. But gameplay is king and gameplay in Tian Ding. Easily the best of all the games here. Like, I just had so much fun playing it. I, I only stopped because it was the, the point where I'm like, oh, it's time to stop the stream because I streamed that to end my stream. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. I could have just kept playing and playing and playing. It was a great time. Before we leave is a smaller sta scale. Stale? I mean, yeah, it's kind of stale. Though. A smaller scale city builder where I, I think it takes place on Earth. And the humanity... The humanity. Humanity went underground when the calamity or whatever they call it happened. And now you're at the point where you're resurfacing and, you know, trying to return to life and, and do all that stuff. It works off of a hexagonal grid-based system. 
and it works well with the controller. It's pretty lightweight, pretty easy to navigate. On the simpler side, a pretty chill experience as well. If if you want something that's not overbearing and 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 not huge because it, it is much more smaller scale and all that. Like it, it's it's well put together and it's cute. I like the aesthetic. The the human characters kind of have like a meeple ish vibe to them. They're not they don't look like meeples, but it's just sort of like a board game thing looking thing. Sort of like a not a not a sorry piece. I guess a sorry piece, but like there's some games that have these types of looking figures. That's all I'm saying. But the the, the problem with before we leave is that it is just so fucking slow. I regularly would just set in certain actions and say, like, I want this to happen, this happen. And I'd just be sitting there for like a minute or two doing nothing, just looking at it, waiting for the timer to go down. Cause even at max speed four times, it still went pretty slowly. And I'm just like, oh. it got pretty boring after a few hours. I'm just like, oh my God. I'm sick of just waiting half the time. I felt like in my two hours with the game, at least like 30 minutes was just waiting while doing literally nothing other than just waiting. And that becomes draining very quickly. So that's kind of a bummer. It's it's not bad. It's just it wasn't moving at the pace I wanted to move at, at the very least. So, that's a bit of a bummer. And then Horatio goes snowboarding. I don't know what the fuck this game is. <laughs> I don't know what the point of this thing is. It's a weird little arcade thing where you're the little ball and the game starts with you doing like a very brief frogger type thing where you're crossing the street. Then you buy your snowboard. You cross another street. You get to the helicopter. It takes you to the slopes. And then you go down them, you get extra points for like going through the slaloms, slaloms, what the hell are they call it? You go through the fucking flags. They have those. Uh, and then you get the finish line, you redo the frogger thing, get to the helicopter, you get to the slopes again, and now it's more difficult or more obstacles in your way. And there are people on the thing and it just builds and builds and builds and then Eventually, like I, you can do it so many times before you run out of money and are unable to continue. Because if you get hit by a car on the Frogger section, you're going to have to pay medical bills. Same if you crash without reaching the finish line while snowboarding. The snowboard costs you like 20 pounds, and you start off with like, I don't know, 300 pounds or something. I think your medical bills cost like 100. And you just do all that until you run out of money. And then you just do it all over again. There's just, there's just not much to the game. I'm like, I played it for like 15 minutes. I'm like, eh, I guess that's all there is to it. There's an endless mode that you can unlock after you earn like, <laughs> I don't know, it's like a million pounds or something. I'm like, holy shit. You're really expecting me to play that much of this game? Fuck. I It may not have been a million. It was a lot of money though. But yeah, it's just sort of like a, Huh? Game? 
It's only six dollars, but even then, it's just like I feel like. I mean, I was pretty done. I'm pretty done with it. Not I was. I I am pretty done with it already. But yeah, that's the ratio go snowboarding, and that will do it for this year. Little Christmas spectacular. So uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful and safe holiday. If you're celebrating, if you're not, whatever, just like stay safe. You know, don't have any too crazy big get-togethers, hopefully. Like, you know, shit's kind of getting bad again a little bit. And even if you're vaccinated, you know, you don't want to just go all crazy. Because you can affect other people, and it can still affect you to varying levels. So just, you know, be cool. And if you're in a place that actually is cool, bundle up. Wear that coat. Because you don't want to get a flu either. You don't want to get a fever or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, once again, or that will do it. Where, where, what are we doing? What are we doing, people? That will do it. That's what we're doing. That will do it. For this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to see me streaming games, you can do so. I'm, I'm going to start streaming Dragon Ball Z Kakarot this week. Or I already have started it because I'm recording this a day early. So if you'd like to see me streaming games like that or any games, you know, there's plenty of Apex, but also just, you know, whatever I'm playing for Attack the Backlog. If you'd like to do that, you can do that over at twitch.tv slash px sausage if you'd like to check out the videos i make you can do that over at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage speaking of pixelated sausage put a dot and a com after that and you've got my website pixelated sausage.com where you can find this podcast and attack the backlog both of which are available on podcast services across the globe you can also Check out my art on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, a lovely, lovely, lovely rest of your week, and a fantastic weekend. Bye!